world is changing. New ideas and technology change how we connect and interact with each other. The role of entrepreneurs, brands and creatives is ever-evolving. What's going to impact the way we work and think? Which trends will make a difference? Will the way we communicate and market ourselves remain the same? Are there universal rules that still apply and how does the future look like? Today we'll find some answers. Sweet people, how's it going? Welcome to the Sweet Spot Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Zeus. And if you're looking for the sweet spot of your brand, you've come to the right place. In today's episode, I talked to Ryan Afford. He's entrepreneur, marketing expert, and host of one of the top marketing podcasts in the US, The Radcast. With over 20 years of experience in marketing, Ryan founded his own full-service digital agency, The Radical. In this episode, I talked to him about his own creative routines, what's radical about his approach, the biggest changes that happened in the biz over two decades. Even more important, Ryan shares his seven ageless truths about successful marketing. We dive into personal branding, explore the cultural differences between the US and Germany when it comes to creative work and storytelling, and we look into the future of marketing. Before we start, a quick shout out to my friends of the Cinema and Movie Podcast with nothing to say. I'm Austin Lugo. I'm Andrew Harp. This is With Nothing to Say. And let's talk about movies. With over 3,000 films log, Andrew and I, best friends since middle school, have dedicated our lives to watching, making, and talking about movies. Each week, Andrew and I handpick a movie he's seen, I've seen, or neither of us have seen, and dive deep into anything and everything to wannabe cinephils could ever think of. From horror to dramedy, we do it all. So join us as we talk about everything movies, and maybe you too can become a bona fide cinephil. Yeah, so if you're interested in storytelling and the creative craft, check out with nothing to say. You'll find a link to the podcast in the show notes. And now without further ado, please enjoy my talk to Ryan Afford. Welcome to the Sweet Side. This is the Sweet Spot Podcast with Mark Zeus, investigating entrepreneurship, purpose, and the creative life. Sweet people, it is my pleasure to introduce to you Ryan Alford. Hi, Ryan. Welcome to the show. How are you? Mark, it's great to be here. Appreciate you having me on. Of course. Well, I am delighted to have you, actually, since we do similar things, I would say. You have an agency. I run my design studio. We both host podcasts about marketing, brand building, creative work. So, you know, in my experience, there are two types of um, creative entrepreneurs, Those who work very structured and disciplined way and those who rather, let's say, improvise and embrace the creative chaos. Where do you fall on that spectrum? You know, I feel like I'm, <laughs> I tend to be probably more towards the latter. Uh, you know, I own an agency called, <laughs> I called Radical. <laughs> and uh, if, uh, I think if I uh, fell to the other end, I wouldn't be living up to uh, our name. I uh, often challenge our team to live up to our name. Um, and I think with that comes kind of pushing the envelope. I will say that, you know, 
there are things I know we'll get into it that I am practical about. So mm-hmm. uh, there are some truths and some things that I think, uh, you know, are the fundamental building blocks of marketing and messaging and, you know, driving uh, experience that that hold true. But I think the mediums, the tactics and the kind of the things outside of the the norm there's a lot of availability to push the limits right now. Absolutely, absolutely. So I wondered when I read through your biography and everything you do, which we'll totally dive into later, but I wanted to you strictly compartmentalize your time and carve out studio days for your podcast or you do you go with the flow um, and work whenever inspiration hits you. So can you walk us through a day in the life of Ryan Alford? Yeah, um, I, you know, I, I feel like I'm pretty intentional. You know, when I started radical i've been in the the agency business for 22 years but you know 17 of those were working for other people uh other brands Mm -hmm. other companies other agencies uh spent five years in manhattan on madison avenue you know working on some of the largest brands in the world but now owning my own company being an entrepreneur um, I became very intentional with my time and, you know, we started the podcast literally the first week we started the agency and wow. it was just a couple of us. Uh, it was not, you know, uh, you know, it wasn't like we had 30 people starting an agency. It was me and another hire that I'd made. And, but I became very intentional about the podcast and about my schedule. Um, because with podcasting, especially if you aren't diligent, there's a you know study that supposedly it's called pod fade where you know like the average person does like four or five episodes and mm-hmm. like 75 percent of them never do another one um yeah. and you know because it's tough because when you're first starting out unless you're a celebrity or have you know you know kind of a built audience already you're kind of starting from ground zero and if you you can't expect monetization you can't expect hundreds or thousands of listeners. I mean, literally exactly. that first year, I probably had a hundred people listen, maybe, yeah. Um, yeah, you yeah. know, the first year. And I had some personal branding, some things out there that, you know, might should have, you know, made that more, but it's just the reality of the crowded nature of podcasting. And so I just got very deliberate and very disciplined with my schedule of the podcast. And then, you know, as far as time in, in general, um, I think I've gotten pretty good with with clients and scheduling things and kind of making time to make things happen. And I think you have to be intentional with your time because, mm-hmm. number one, it's our only uh, finite asset. hundred <laughs> percent. I, I, yeah. I, I say all the time, you know, we can always make more money. We can't make more time. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I, I am intentional about it, both in my personal and 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 business life. That's some wise words for the beginning. That's amazing. Yeah. And I also know the struggle of starting a podcast and yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know, Ryan, we're here to talk about your sweet spot today. So I want to start with your entrepreneurial journey. As you just mentioned, you worked in advertising agencies and in marketing for over 20 years. And I wondered what are the biggest changes you saw happening in the industry over two decades? And maybe even more important, in your experience, what remains constant success factors in the marketing biz? Yeah, um, it's interesting. We like to make a big uh, notion, and, and it has been a fundamental change in the in the the places that we market. You know, this change mm-hmm. from analog to digital, and yeah. it's certainly an impactful and dynamic change. I don't want to downplay it, but at the same time, there are some fundamental truths in messaging and persuasion 
and branding uh, that hold true no matter what the medium is. Um, sometimes the medium discussion kind of gets to me a bit because, you know, and even we put the name, you know, on our agency, you know, mm-hmm. full service digital agency. And I, yeah. I wish we could just remove all of that. But inevitably, if we don't say that, people go, but are you full service? But are you digital? And so exactly. so we keep it. <laughs> but inherently, um I think if you aren't digitally fluid um, in capability today, you're probably getting lost on some level. It's just kind of the expectation. Um, mm-hmm. And so it kind of be like, well, do you know how to design an outdoor board? You know, like, well, do you know how to do social media? Do you know, yeah. do you have someone on your, you know, team that can code a web WordPress site? <laughs> you know, yeah. it's kind of yeah, like yeah. tables, table stakes in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, but some of the truths and and the principles of marketing and branding and media, like at the end of the day, you still need fundamental reach and frequency um, to a defined target to move the needle for your brand, whatever you're selling. And mm-hmm. so those fundamental truths haven't changed. And we'll probably get into some of those seven things. I don't know if you want me to cover that now, but. Um, there's certainly some some more dynamic truths that hold hold today, even with all the changes. Absolutely, yeah, we can totally dive into the seven truths um, right away because, as you just said, I also I see it in my clients and with my studio practice. I see that, of course, the mediums change. You switch from analog to digital. You get even more short form, and of course, some messages you have to cut them down if you want to let's say explore tiktok more and maybe your whole you don't have the old uh, six minute mission statement movie and the image movie you had back in the days you have to cut it down into chunks but i wonder if the old um, saying the medium is the message still holds true let's explore your seven truths maybe i think you're right attention spans have changed you yeah. know like we just have so many more things to do and opportunities you know And media is one of them, but in everything else in life, too, like we just have so much more availability of of time and resource and time is probably the wrong word, but resources and, you know, whether it's travel, whether it's availability Mm -hmm. and putting, you know, some of the last, uh, you know, couple of years to the side. But generally speaking, um, (laughs) our, (laughs) uh, our ability and just I don't know, we're just much more I don't know fluid creatures in our availability and resource. So with that said, you know, I do think there's, you know, seven things that I kind of talk about. Um, they kind of hold true. They're undeniable truths. The first is reach. And I talked about that a little bit, like no matter what you're doing in marketing, um, you have to hit a defined target and you have to have it. It's got to be big enough to carry the day mm-hmm. um, because, you know, you've got to have scale. And unless, you know, and the only caveat to that would be B2B, but you still have to have the right reach, you have to have, to have the right target. And so Absolutely. going back to the, you know, the truths of media reach and frequency um, hold true. The second is attention. And, you know, you have to garner attention. You have to, um, I, you know, it's said, I don't want to, I certainly didn't coin it, but it's very true. Attention is today's modern currency. Uh, because because attention is so fleeting, and so you know TikTok has trained our brains to. Uh, I think yeah. we're all we all have a bit of ADD in us now. You know, 100%, it's like here yeah, and there, snippet sized <laughs> content all the way. Yeah, 
But but there, you know, we get hit by like eight thousand messages a day, and whether that's a logo staring at you off of someone's shirt, or whether that's a commercial that you see, it's been said it's between seven and ten thousand messages a day mm-hmm. is what we get hit with, and so attention is so fleeting. You have to be able to garner it no matter uh, what you're doing. The third is creativity. Um, creativity is still the modern variable of success for me. Um, I still think it holds true. Uh, it's performance marketing has made everyone think that you can just put a, an offer out there and drive conversions. But yeah. the reality is creative work is still um I think the definition of successful marketing, because it does move the needle in ways that an offer just can't alone. And Mm -hmm. so creativity is a never ending truth uh, in marketing. Number four is distinctiveness, which is standing out. What is your, um, you know, what makes you different from your competition? Um, Mm -hmm. Someone that I follow very closely, Christopher Lockhead, um, is sure. I think a modern genius in marketing and he believes in category creation versus just branding. Um, and I think in a way I believe with, I, there's, I agree with him on some levels and, and not on others, but I do agree with him in this notion of distinctiveness and standing out and you'll never compete if you're creating a nuanced or different approach, you know, versus your competition. And I think that is key no matter what you do. Um, number five is consistency. Number six mm-hmm. is emotion. And the last is motivation. I think most of those stand out on their own, yep. but all of those hold true. And, you know, I post a lot about those and those are the seven undeniable truths. <laughs> they're amazing. I really like that. I, I, I read about them in the preparation for our talk and there are two that I want to dive in more. I think creativity, we're totally going to cover later when it comes to personal branding and storytelling. But I wonder, because what I think about a lot is what you said about the attention span. I also believe the attention economy is really shaking up how brands can communicate, how they market themselves. They have to be way more entertaining than they used to be, uh, incorporate infotainment into the whole brand building strategy. And as you just said, the attention span gets shorter and shorter and we have Snapchat, TikTok, Instagram. And at the other end, we have like long form podcasts, like hour long talks or in Joe Rogan's case, three and a half freaking hours long talks. (laughs) And we binge watch series over the weekend and it's like hours and hours of of content that we that we consume. And it's like the scissor opens up and we have super short form and super long form. Where do you see opportunities for brands in there? Or what do you what do you make of that? Yeah, I think um, the uh, the one thing I say is content is king and video rules the day right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, and it's true. We kind of have an insatiable appetite. Um, but I'll say this: you know, long form works, short form works. Certainly, short form has been having its day. The last 18 months, 24 months with TikTok, uh, Instagram Reels, uh, you know, this notion of, you know, 30, I don't know, 30 second videos, 15 short form videos and and really cutting it down like what might have been three minutes worth of content, cutting it into, you know, hyper fast uh, yeah. cuts and, and trimming it down. I, I see the value in that. I do think that the art of storytelling is still real and alive. And I think that people will stick around for long form if you're educating, entertaining, 
or telling a story. And mm-hmm. so I think those truths still hold true. And I don't think that, you know, e- any form necessarily is, is, you know, ruling over the other. It just depends on, on the opportunity and the brand and what you're trying to convey. The biggest thing that I think in all of it that's, that's really here and it's going to be the day moving forward is that consumers have been, have never been more aware that they're being marketed and advertised to. And <laughs> so yeah. I think brands have to acknowledge that and, and know that people are willing to, you know, spend time on your brand, but you need to entertain, you need to educate, or you need to have a reason and it can't just be self-serving. And so, and I think, you know, consumers are willing to come along for the ride um, if you're serving one of those needs or, you know, again, you're giving them a chuckle for the day, you know, giving them a, you know, a slight (laughs) break from things they can appreciate. Or if you're educating them on something they're wanting to know about, they'll come along for the ride. But this, this, but the notion of just hardcore marketing straight at them um, is really ineffective and not going to work. And so it's less about the, the length and the time and the medium and more the approach and the story that, that you're conveying. Absolutely. Absolutely. So with all that strategy knowledge, I know you worked for many great companies, you developed a lot of successful campaigns and based on all that experience, you founded your full service digital agency, the radical. Um, and I love the name, but you got to tell us what's radical about it. <laughs> Why does it have to be radical? That's the question. <laughs> well, it's back to that notion of distinctiveness, you know, and yeah. breaking through. And I think I wanted, I understood that there are a lot of agencies and I know that, um, there's a lot of great companies out there doing a lot of great work and, you know, starting, you know, a more boutique agency. Mm-hmm. I wanted, when you name yourself radical, it forces yourself and your people to push the envelope Yeah, and to, and also it gives your people license to push the envelope. A lot of places, I think people might have creative people on the team might have ability to do a lot of things, but they're a little held back by, mm-hmm. you know, what people might think, what might people might say by the judgment of certain things. And so I wanted it to be liberating and empowering, not only for clients, but for our internal people to go, how do we live up to this name every day? And I know that I can bring out my most creative self or the craziest ideas ever um, because the name of our company is Radical. And (laughs) so it was as simple as that. And it also just happened to be that um, when I was coming up with the name, um, my name is Ryan Alford and Ryan Alford Digital is rad. So I was going to call it rad. Amazing. And then I just said I didn't want it to be about me. You know, I really didn't. And that's why it's not called Ryan Alford Digital to this day. It's about radical. But it just happened to be in the name. And so okay, uh, that's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> it's All perfect. Right. So, but, but what does it mean on a daily working basis to evoke being radical in your clients and in your team? Are there some practices you can share or some insights? Um, the first thing is we moved, we have roughly 22 people that work in the business. Um, so obviously boutique size, not hundreds, but mm-hmm. we have no, I mean, I could say this with a straight face, no bureaucracy. We, we have a very flat organization 
Um, we hire people that are entrepreneurial driven. Um, we certainly mm-hmm. have tiers and levels. We have certain people that have sure, 20, sure. 20 years of experience and we have certain people that have two years or a year or no experience, but there's all ide- great ideas can come from anywhere. We have multiple brainstorms a week on clients. Um, sometimes we're hyper specific behind a creative brief, but oftentimes we are just specific to a client and, you know, just talking out loud about some of their challenges and, and brainstorming creative ideas across Mm -hmm. mediums. Mm -hmm. And so again, flat organization, great ideas can come from anywhere. We truly live and breathe that. And then, uh, you know, just always kind of keeping the ideas flowing and no idea kind of being, um, you know, turned away until kind of fleshed out and kind of Mm -hmm. thought through for how that could come to life. And then, you know, being open and honest and direct with clients, you know, there's something about, again, back to the name, it frees me up or it frees our people up to go, you hired radical. We're going to push you. Uh, if you wanted, yeah. if you wanted Acme marketing agency, you should have hired Acme. If you wanted us just to be order takers, you should have hired Acme, but you hired radical. And so yep. we're going to push you and we're going to make you uncomfortable and that's what you pay us to do. <laughs> that's amazing. You get what you came for. That's great. So, so sticking with that, I, I read about about you um, about your agency. Um, you you wrote about the science behind creativity, and that really caught my eye because I know that creativity is widely appreciated, but still a lot of clients struggle when it comes to deciding between ideas or evaluating creative results. So how can I imagine this creative science? What do you factor in to decide whether something is a creative success? Yeah. um, I mean, I'm a firm believer in like the art and the science. Uh, I think, you know, in any given period, we've gone too far. You know, sometimes it's art for the sake of art. Sometimes we've been, you know, the data world has overtaken us and it's all performance. And and again, no one it, results matter. Uh, no one's more yeah. clear about that than me. But the reality is branding and creativity builds over time. And we've gotten into this place of a lot of short termism um, in marketing where, you know, yes, We no one understands better than I, having worked with some of the largest companies in the world, that results matter and that we have to drive behavior in the near term. But at the same time, some things take time and it and it and a have a building effect. Um, because you know, you just you can't, you know, what do they say? You can't eat a elephant, you have to eat an elephant one bite at a time. <laughs> you know, it's like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but but the science of it is, you know, blending. Um, the data that's available now where we can literally have iteration, um, where we can test multiple variables of creative short form videos and Mm -hmm. things, and we can use that data to inform and empower the creative process. And so, you know, great ideas have to stand up to results at some point. And so though, depending on, on the campaign and depending on the goal, We'll preach patience or, you know, we'll p- preach, you know, the proofs in the pudding, the proofs in the results. And yeah. so we just we use data to, you know, the, the great thing about the world now is, you know, we don't have to go do a focus group. We can put it to play 
exactly. practice on social media. Yeah. Um, and that is the the focus group on some levels. And I'm and then don't get me wrong, I'm not I still believe firmly in in creative testing and and certain research at the right time and place. But I also believe that, you know, we can we can get real world uh, feedback. And, you know, one of the other nuances of just radical is we move quickly. We produce yeah. probably three to five thousand videos a month for a 20 team, 20 person agency. It's incredible. It's massive. Um, yeah, we do, we have a production studio here in our facility um, and we move fast and we just, you know, get out of the way and, and knock it out. And we read and react to what the market tells us. Ryan, you know, talking about creative success, you host one of the most popular marketing podcasts in the US, the Radcast. We just talked about it. And I'm I'm wondering what made you start the podcast? What were your strategic and creative goals with that format? Yeah, um, I saw I, I have had a, a couple podcasts over the years for about mm -hmm. I've been podcasting for about 10 years. And when I started the agency, I saw this trend kind of taking place and I also was starting to invest in my own personal brand. And so I saw the podcast as a couple, three or four different things. Number one, it kept me learning and understanding and talking with industry leaders, entrepreneurs, great people with great business journeys, learning. So it was a source of yeah. learning just for me and keeping me fresh. You know, obviously, I mean, I'm a, have a, I'm a, a husband and I have four boys and like, and yes, I read and, and stay, but the podcast was a learning place for me to kind of stay fresh on topics. It forced me to create a discipline around learning and understanding from other people. It also established a brand asset for the agency. You know, I believe, you know, again, I didn't coin this, but I believe in it firmly Every company has the opportunity to be a media company now. Yeah. And, you know, we live and breathe that daily with the content we produce. And I saw it as a branded asset for the agency, the Radcast, Radical, um, and as a branded asset for my personal brand. So was developing my personal brand, uh, saw this as a way to keep, you know, my name out there uh, associated with the field to help generate business for Radical. And it is the source of about 70% of our leads for our agency, ironically. Amazing, yeah. Amazing. So, and then and then finally, you know, thought leadership, um, mm -hmm. you know, keeping the agency, keeping myself out there from a thought leadership perspective. We actually work with a lot of leaders on personal branding, you know, outside of just our own. Um, and, you know, it's a, a way to build thought leadership. And then finally... It is the Trojan horse for content development because the one of the biggest challenges is, okay, where am I going to get content for the agency or my personal yeah. brand? When you host a podcast twice a week, it gives you the source of content for your personal brand, for your agency, for other things, because you can cut that up you, into images, into pictures, into videos, into highlights, long form, short form. It yeah. becomes a source of a ton of the content that you can use across things. And it's a lot of it's evergreen, you know, a lot mm -hmm. of these guests, yeah. you know, I mean, I've had a list celebrities to a list company leaders, you know, Ariva, uh, you know, Aruna Rivashandran, the, the CMO of, of WebEx to mm -hmm. Bruce Buffer, the, you know, the, Amazing, the, yeah. uh, the UFC uh, announcer um, to, you know, 
the host of The Bachelor, <laughs> Jesse Palmer. Amazing. Yeah. And every one of them have a, you know, like, well, what does that have to do with marketing? Every Everyone has a business journey now. Everyone has a marketing story now. And so you can learn from all of them. So it's a source of connections. I mean, I could go on and on. The The, the benefits are are crazy. But the the discipline and sticking with it and leveraging my personal brand has allowed us to increase the quality of the guests. So it's been a crawl, walk, run. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And now, you know, we're consistently in the top 100 on Apple and top 25 on Spotify and marketing podcasts. Yeah. Some good to hear. That's great. And maybe you want to give us a peek under the hood. So how do you market your podcast? What are, in your experience, the most successful channels for your brand? Well, this would be one of them uh, coming on <laughs> lots of shows. Um, yeah. I, I, you know, we do a lot of reach. My team reaches out to, you know, and just offers up me to, you know, certain podcasts. Um, we, you know, heavily invest in social media and posting and, you know, organic reach. Um, we mm-hmm. will run ads from time to time. Um, you know, I engage with a lot of other podcasts on social media. I, it's been very organic because, again, we're over four years old. It didn't happen overnight. Um, sure. But it's been, you know, just organically kind of going on shows. I've been on some pretty big shows, I've, you know, and, you know, just, you know, raising my personal brand awareness that the podcast tends to come with it and vice versa. Mm-hmm. I read that your podcast concept beyond other things is love while you learn. So I experienced that successful brands, as we already mentioned today, are also entertainers. So is there more to this philosophy of infotainment as maybe a takeaway for the sweet people listening right now? Yeah, I mean, it's back to attention. You know, people, everything, we all take ourselves a little too seriously. And, you know, like our podcast you know, our, we have two episodes a, a, a week and one of them is a pretty serious, you know, business episode. I'm pretty laid back like I am now. I'm in my comfortable chair in the studio and yeah. I host people and, and that and people feed off of that because they go, wow, this guy's just laid back and comfortable. They kind of let their hair down, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it works well with the guests to kind of get comfortable. But I'm also, you know, I'm irreverent. I mean, I can have a potty mouth, uh, you know, in our Friday episodes, we just have fun. We cut up. We talk marketing news. Um, but I have two comedians that come on the show with me that are uh, writers um, and actors on our team. And so we have fun. We talk about marketing news. But we also talk about some of the the craziness of it, of, you know, the metaverse and NFTs. And, and believe me, we have clients doing them. We're not making fun of it. It's a real trend. But yeah, some sure. of the language and terminology is just like you hear yourself saying it. We're not we're not afraid to call out the fact that, you know, five or 10 years ago, this would have sounded like complete bullshit, you know, like, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah absolutely. <laughs> and so I think there's a realness and a rawness to that that people appreciate. And I think it's the same thing for, you know, brands, you know, customers like brands that can let their hair down a little bit. You know, Wendy's has one of the best Twitter, you know, profiles in the world mm-hmm. because they let their hair down. They're real or irreverent. They make fun of their competition and people appreciate that. And yeah. so people want to be entertained. They, again, they know they're being marketed to, but you can have fun with them. You can let your hair down, let, have a personality. And I think, you know, brands are starting to come around to that. And again, the, the, I think you can, you can push your brand a lot further with, uh, some uh under you know underhanded humor than than just a, a price point and a and a Absolutely. future benefit <laughs> yeah 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 being yeah being related to real life topics being authentic absolutely yeah 
And yeah. I mean, we talked about it already, but with authenticity and humor and all of that, you also build a strong personal brand for yourself. So I wonder what role do you think storytelling plays when building a personal brand? I mean, in general, everyone knows it does, but like hands-on from your experience, how can you incorporate telling a story about your personal brand in your everyday marketing strategy? The days of hiding behind the desk are are over. Like it, it yes, you can have an amazing idea and you don't necessarily have to be out there if you don't want to, but you're really limiting your opportunity. Um, we teach leaders this all the time. I'm a firm believer in this. And it doesn't mean you have to give away every you know moment of your life. You know, there's there's this, I think, misconception that you have to, you know, give away too much. And, and it's mm -hmm. somewhere in the middle. Um, yeah. But I do think people buy from people. And, in, and that's in B2B or B2C. And we we preach a lot at the agency B2H, business to human. And I like to just coach people in myself and my own personal brand around bringing humanity to life and, you know, telling, you know, the things that you're comfortable with. People want to learn and understand both your ups, both your downs um, and things that you're comfortable sharing. You know, I share a lot about my family. I share a lot about you know, both the ups and the downs of being an entrepreneur. Um, yeah. And, you know, and I'm open book about it because I ultimately want to help people, you know, learn anything they can from my um, <laughs> mistakes, my, mm -hmm. uh, my, my successes. Um, and, you know, you have to kind of make up your mind that you're comfortable sharing that. But I think if most people, if they'll get kind of their own ego out of the way, their own kind of I don't know. It's mainly people that just think I don't have anything to share, but that's just yeah. not true. You yep. know, we all have something to share. And I think telling those stories and being authentic and being transparent is is ultimately a win win, not only for your audience, but also for yourself, because it's freeing um, to kind of have that transparency. And it, you'll be amazed at kind of how it frees up a lot of other things in your life. Yeah, I, I share that experience. Um, first of all, I love the expression um, business to human. <laughs> I totally remember <laughs> that. That's an amazing takeaway. <laughs> that sounds so, yeah, that's really, really hands-on. And also, yeah, I, I think there's this, this saying, you can make it personal, but not private. You know, if you decide on what you're willing to talk about, what you're ready to do, um, get a little bit out of your comfort zone, which also makes things more exciting. And if you go start with that flow, it really more and more topics appear. I think you you probably had the same experience. Once you start on that journey, once you start telling the story, more and more topics appear and you can do follow-ups and people will start asking questions and maybe you end up as a German guy doing an English podcast. You never know. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I'm just glad yeah. you're not talking German to me. <laughs> I would be totally lost. I'd have to get my translator in here. <laughs> no, but you're very fluent. You're more than fluent. You're, you, uh, thanks. Uh, thanks a lot. Yes, you are uh, extremely well-spoken. Thanks. <laughs> well, Ryan, I want to know, Are there some personal brands you think are worth examining more? Are there any personal brands that stand out to you at the moment? Um, you know, I've had a lot of these on my show, but so I'll, you know, shameless plug. You can learn about them on the Radcast. <laughs> <Shout out. laughs> uh, <laughs> nice. But but I did, but I was very interested in them. Um, Grant Cardone does an amazing job with his personal brand. He's a, you know, a real estate influencer. He was on, you know, Undercover Billionaire. Yeah. Um, I, quasi, I, I guess, entrepreneurial celebrity at this point. Um, but Grant does a great job. He shows his family. He shows his day. He's very transparent. Obviously, extremely wealthy, doing very well. 
But I think you see behind him, and I really appreciate the branding part of his personal brand. You know, his his brand is 10X, um, and he does a great job of pulling that thread through almost everything that he does. But he does – he's yeah. behind – He, I know he has a team, and I have a team, but um, it's – he's – front and center, you know, both organic content and stories and going live. And he's always kind of on the cutting edge. I think he's great from a personal brand standpoint. Pace Morby, another real estate guy who's super authentic. He does a show um, called Triple Digit Flip on A&E, but he's he's amazing. Um, had him on the show, but he's doing he's crushing it with his personal brand. Again, a really big family guy. Um, so I relate well to him, you know, raising multiple children, having his wife involved in his business. Um, but super, super transparent. Um, trying to think of someone maybe that wasn't on the show that was, that, I guess, so it's not just shameless plugs for past oh, guests. That's absolutely but, legit. Yeah. That's fine. Of course. <laughs> but I, but I, but I respected what, what they were doing. And, and those are two, um, you know, certain icons. And, you know, I'll give, I'll give him his due. It's not nece- he's not necessarily my favorite flavor, but I mean mm-hmm. Gary V, you know, is kind of the, one of the pioneers in the space. Definitely, yeah. I mean, and and so I respect the hell out of him. I don't necessarily love the his personal approach and I don't relate to him personally, mm-hmm. but I respect the hell out of um yeah. him being one of the pioneers in the space. Yeah, absolutely. Sweet people, today I want to tell you about a very special service that I offer for entrepreneurs and artists. It's a creative coaching that is going to change the way you work and have a huge impact on everything you do. Most people go through life and never find their purpose. The one thing that they are best at, what they need to share with the world. The most successful entrepreneurs and artists I have worked with found their purpose and used it to create outstanding brands and tell ravishing stories. I think it's time you find yours. With my exclusive three-month creative coaching, The Purpose Quest, I help you to rediscover your purpose. Our quest includes an immersive five-day experience where I will help you to break free from limiting beliefs, ignite your creative power and find what really drives you. In the following weeks, I'll work closely with you to define and implement your individual strategy, turning your purpose into a brand success story. Find out more on sweetspot-studio.com and get in touch. And now, let's get back to the show. Right, I want to I wanna cover a different topic. Um, I tr- want to try and cover some, some distance between the US and Europe. Let me, let me phrase it like this. When I prepared for our talk, I wondered what the difference between the US market and Europe is when it comes to marketing and creative work. So my hypothesis is that, of course, most marketing rules and techniques um, apply all over the world and for most industries. But I'm keen to learn more about the qualitative aspects of our craft, such as storytelling or creative work, since I believe they're deeply rooted in culture and society. So let me give you an example. I feel like storytelling is an integral part of American culture. Um, you have creative writing classes in high school. You're used to pitch your business and yourself. And every American I met basically nailed their tight five about what they do and why they do it. And I think that's amazing. And in Europe, especially in Germany, we don't usually have that. So do you have a similar experience with clients or people from other parts of the world? Yes. 
I do. Um, I don't know. I don't know that I have the greatest explanation to it, but I will try. Um, there's something and it's both beautiful and different and nuanced at the same time, but whether it's Germany or Europe, certainly people that we, we work with international companies and, and some of them are in Germany and there's an engineering component to the German um, kind of approach that's very systematic. It's yeah. very buttoned up. It's why they make some of the best cars in the world. It's like, um, in my it, that experience to me is, and most, and even I have friends that, you know, my kids play soccer and, you know, there's a couple of German families that, that have played, not necessarily this year, but in the past and kind of getting to know them. And I don't know exactly what it is, but everything is is very systematic and scientifically driven mm-hmm. that it's but it's not, I don't know, at the core, like the American spirit, I feel like is is naturally transparent and like open and like a little bit of just we're going to get this shit done. Like we're just going to, you know, like kind of, you know, and there's both wonderfulness to that, but there's also flaws to that. <laughs> it's not always the most efficient way you know um yeah. but the but the european and german approaches typically are more efficient but maybe a little less human you know like <laughs> the humanity is a little out of it but not in from an american's point of view like 100%. oh i just want to i want to i want to see your real self no we're this is not about being real this is about how do we get from a to b as quickly mm-hmm. as possible in the most efficient way possible there's like this efficiency component and i think yeah. understanding that nuance is is pretty key when you're messaging to the audience because it, it needs to be um m- I don't know if lack of emotion is the right way, but it is somewhat lack of emotion and more about efficiency. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, you, you're talking to a creative from Germany. You're talking about outcasts. So yeah, really, I mean, the, the, the most crucial step in the whole process in, in ideation or creative processes here, uh, in my experience, is really cracking people open, getting yeah. them to talk. I mean, imagine this scenario in the U.S. compared to here. Um You meet new people, you sit at the table, everyone's supposed to say who they are, what they're doing, what their job is, what they may be here for. It's a total, excuse my French, it's a total shit show in Germany. Everyone <laughs> is is mumbling. They're like, oh, yeah, I'm, yeah, and I do this little. Everything is so humble and approved and it's like this, yeah, you need signatures and approvals and it's like, it's like the car industry rules our whole thinking sometimes. It's seven years to a new model. And I also studied <laughs> innovation management, so... And this is all about um, being, in your, in your words, maybe radical, doing high-speed testing, doing sprints, uh, quick A-B tests. And it's a really huge cultural difference between, yeah, yeah I think, between the U.S. Yeah, and Germany. What do you think? I mean, it's, it's always been interesting. Like, I, the, the friends that I've had, like, I've felt like I've known them, but I haven't really known them. You know, mm-hmm. like, like, because gotta there's... Get, that- gotta get them drunk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that is the common denominator. <laughs> yeah. Just, just have a few uh, pints and uh, things start to open up a little bit. But, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. It, it's certainly cultural. I think you know uh, that. And what's interesting is I never feel like and this is why I appreciate it on some level because I'm probably an extroverted introvert. Believe it or not, mm-hmm. some people would like, oh, oh how, no, that's just, no, you're an extrovert, surely. But I probably am. And so on some level, I appreciate the, 
you know, European, I don't know, like I don't have to, I don't have to let everything out. Like I, you know, my day is not made, made or break <laughs> because I get to express every opinion. And I think there's some truth to that as well, where I feel like we're a little flawed <laughs> over here because everyone feels like, you know, their opinion and their, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. their drama needs to be aired, you know, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, like sometimes I'm like, can we just get some shit done? You know, like, <laughs> I mean, like, can we just <laughs> get back to it? <laughs> yeah. You know, I care about your drama, but you know, and it matters, maybe later. <laughs> but maybe <laughs> yeah. later. Can yeah, we? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I think maybe one of the sweet spots could be to meet in the middle, right? Find the yes. places where you can improvise, share your personal opinions on things and also be professional when it comes to it. But maybe one more time to dig down into this storytelling thing. I don't know how your upbringing and your education was, but I really have the feeling that you grow up on storytelling and creative writing classes at least all the americans i know and my friends that live in the u.s um, they are all so fluent in the way they present ideas and it even if you talk about your vacation oh i've been away for a long weekend and boom you dive in into a whole perfectly hero journey planned out little little segment about their holidays and here it's like it was nice <laughs> you know yeah so what is, we is that good. something <laughs> exactly yeah yeah the beer was nice um yes. do you feel Is that something you can you can yeah step away from and, and analyze it if you if you grew up on it? Yeah, I mean, I do think it goes back to you know whether it's grade school or college or whatever. There is you know that creative writing aspect that that seems to be more um, you know prevalent uh, mm-hmm. here, and people being maybe more freed up to you know think in those ways. Um, You know, I, it's hard to know exactly having not experienced other than just, you know, working with people, um, from Europe and, and otherwise, you know, knowing their exact, the nuances of how they were brought up sure. or taught, sure. you know, what all of those are, but they're obviously clear, um, cause we see them, you know, working with different creative agencies and different people about how their thought presses are. And the pres- I think you nailed it with like the presentation aspect. I think um, the there's a freeing aspect that I feel like maybe creative directors or creative people here in the U.S. seem to embrace quicker. I, I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah. And maybe it's just the acceptance of of all of that. I, you know. I still, I still think to all listeners, maybe from Europe, it's worth looking over the great pond and get inspired <laughs> and <laughs> yes. loosen up a bit. Yes, yeah. yeah. Let your hair, let your hair down, <laughs> <laughs> as you so beautifully put it. Exactly. <laughs> so, Ryan, the last big topic I want to tackle is I want to look into the future with you. So, what do you think will be relevant trends in in marketing over the next years? You talk so much in your podcast about strategic trends like building personal brands but also technology trends and you, we covered nfts slightly and, and new channels what do you think is going to happen yeah um I, here's what i hope happens and here's what i think is going to happen <laughs> okay know, like Two in my crystal things. but yeah they're, they're separate but hopefully equal um i do want to see and i think you're going to see um The data situation where personal data and those things with the move to Web3, um, I'm hoping and I think the promise of this is kind of removing these walled gardens, um, you know, of who owns the data and all that. And that being more privately owned by the individual, being able to both monetize it 
keep what should be private private um, while also leveraging the kind of the promise of the decentralization um, of of content. Um, I want to see content creators, you know, maintain control, uh, possession and, you know, the rights to their content, whether that's video, whether that's artwork. And I think, you know, that that is the promise of, you know, Web3 and NFTs and, you know, the tokenization of things. I think there's so much opportunity. I think you're going to see this happen um, where those rights and those, you know, the ability to monetize your own yourself and your content or things that you own in a way that is removed from having all of these others kind of hands in in the pocket uh, yep. of it. Yep. Um, and don't get me wrong. I also believe that, you know, if I invest in a platform that allows you to sell your stuff that, you know, there might be some, some allow, you know, if there has to be investment, then you have to allow for some amount of uh, percentage or things like that. But I'm hoping that we get away from uh, these walled gardens. And I think that's what you're going to see. And when I say walled gardens, I say, you know, and whether that's Google or Facebook or otherwise, it's not because those are going to go away necessarily. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think just what, but the reality is if you think about like, if you've been on Facebook for 10, 15 years, all of the things that you have posted there, all of the content, all of that, those things that are very personal. If you drop Facebook tomorrow, all that goes away. You know, you can't, you know, they can say, well, you can export certain, you can't take it with you. You know, so, you know, I want to see and I think you're going to see some of those things go away. And from a data perspective, you know, people just aren't going to allow themselves to be tracked the way that they were. And so you're going to have to learn to play um, more behaviorally. Um, You're already seeing this with what's happened with iOS and Apple. Mm -hmm. Um, Some of the data tracking and all that is is just it's going to become. Um, less personal. And so you're going to have to get more nuance in your creative. And it really goes back to almost like back to the future. Like back in the day when we had these wonderful creative campaigns and television, things like that, you didn't know every nuance, but you thought about creative more holistically and you had to be more creative. You know, when you suddenly can't know that someone spent $747 this week on X stuff, you and you can't, you know, target down to that micro level, mm-hmm. you have to be more creative and thoughtful in your processes. And I think you're going to see that from a creativity, the the rebirth of creativity um, in in marketing is coming fast if it's not already here. Hallelujah. That sounds amazing. <laughs> also, I think a huge playground is going to be the metaverse, which maybe will conflict with the whole data privacy topic. But I don't know. Have you ever guided a brand into the metaverse? Yeah, we're doing that now as we speak. And I'm actively talking with and involved with uh, one of the largest sellers of digital real estate in the metaverse, Earth2. Earth2 (laughs) Earth2.io is their website um, Mm -hmm. where literally you can buy parcels of land that are exact replicas of the the physical world. Um, But it's a metaverse. It's going to have um, an experience much like Roblox or Decentraland where you have an avatar and everything else now. Right now, mm-hmm. it's just buying parcels of land, but you're going to have a more real-world experience there. But I am 
you know, involved in that, that is certainly coming. I think it's an experience. It's, it's kind of a transition from gaming into that. Um, you, not that gaming is going away. I think it's going to be another place where attention is divided as we get more into these yeah. AR and VR experiences. And it's just another medium. Um, I think we can get real heavy into this real quickly. And the reality for most brands is that this is going to be another place where you need to consider, you know, your medium and how you approach people. And the mm -hmm. best ways to do that are still being defined as well as all of the players. And so, yeah. yes, if you're Nike, if you're Coca-Cola and you have billions of dollars and billions of things, you need to be investing in trialing now because you have the dollars and you can carve that out. But I think for a lot of brands, though, it's a little bit of wait and see. Certainly test and 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 look for opportunities to partner um, in these experiences with the yeah. metaverse and NFTs, because the reality is our youth is growing up here. Um, I say this a lot on my podcast. I see the world through the eyes of my children. I have four boys from age six to age 12, yeah. and they are have they put a lot of value in digital currency. Um, and in a way, and we keep them, they play every sport. It's not that they're playing video games all day, but my 12 year old could care less what he wears to school. But if his avatar isn't exactly designed like he wants, he's had a bad day. And oh, wow. Okay. And so, yeah. but, but the, the, the insight there is the understanding that these, these, the children that are going to rule the world and own things and do things sooner rather than later are growing up digitally native and yep. that digital nativeness, the value and the intrinsic value that they put in digital things that my generation is might be starting to play with a little bit, but play still is more of a physical goods uh, generation. They are more digitally driven. And so you've got to understand that inside and understand depending on where your target falls, you need to be testing and knowing that that day is coming Yep. And and but I think at the same time, don't get too overwhelmed with it at this exact moment. Just be paying attention. <laughs> that's 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 great advice. That's great advice. <laughs> and a lot of hope for all the creatives listening. The time of big creativity will rise again. That's amazing. <laughs> it's here. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I have two last questions that I ask all of my guests. Um, the first one is what inspires you personally right now are there any books shows podcasts conversations you heard read said um yeah that you can recommend to the sweet people listening absolutely um i mean you know i mean what inspires me daily is my children i mean that but um and watching them and i use that as a real world because i actually use them for inspiration for marketing because yeah. i do think it is there um you know shameless plug you know I'm trying to bring to life this perspective through the Radcast and what we do at the podcast. So I think it's a great entree. I mean, literally today's guest, uh, Allison Ferenczi, you know, is one of the pioneers in AR, um, mm -hmm. Camera IQ. And she talks and she gives some of the best perspective I've ever had from a guest on the metaverse. So, go, you know, like, so go look up her episode. I don't know when this will launch. But, you know, so we're bringing that to life. But, you know. Christopher Lockhead in, in, is an amazing inspiration for me. I always kind of go back to him because he pushes the envelope in category creation versus competing with brands. Mm -hmm. um, and so I read all of his stuff. If you Google him, um, you'll, you'll find multiple books that he's written. Um, and uh, he's amazing. I've, I listen to his podcast. He's got an amazing podcast. 
Uh, the I'm trying to think of the others, the the marketing book podcast has <laughs> been my most recent one because all right, literally it has every it's every Friday and it's always a marketing book that they have the author on and they talk for an hour about the book and it's almost becomes like if I don't I don't have time to read every single book but it gives you an hour kind of summary of some that's of the perfect. key points and so that's perfect uh, yes yeah, so uh that's been a good one and uh I love the book contagious contagious content um yep. and you know why things sell and why things catch on um is one of my favorites Thanks for those recommendations. Besides listening to your podcast, of course, <laughs> we're going to check out the book and the other cast. Amazing. Yeah. So final question for you, Ryan. Um, what is next for you, for Radical, for the Radcast? What can we look forward to? Yeah. Um, you know, the Radcast, we are growing into kind of a media company. We're going to have multiple podcasts as part of the Radcast umbrella. So we're bringing on, um, you know, almost like a foundational media company where, you know, the Radcast will have marketing news, we'll have the Radcast, which is inspirational marketing guests. And then maybe, you know, even talking with bringing other hosts and other things under the umbrella of the Radcast, as well as I am literally the executive producer. We're filming a comedy TV series right now um, wow. called, Up and Com called Up and Coming. It's going to be part of the Radcast, um, kind of uh, another entity. And so, We're exploring NFTs and further, you know, kind of like self-funded and self-kind of produced content like that. Um, and because it's again, it's back to kind of this education entertainment space that I think branded content is going to have to live and breathe in. And so literally we had a team and we have like four million views on this this concept on TikTok uh, about these two city planners. And so we've brought it to life in a comedy series. And so doing that and uh you know just chasing four boys around and seeing where <laughs> seeing where uh seeing where the world goes but uh i don't know i'll always be a marketer at heart and you know we're we're kind of defining a couple of different plat you know uh, play areas for radical now um both in b2b and then this kind of leadership personal branding space so just staying at it that's amazing that sounds so exciting Best of luck for that journey, venturing into a media company. Sounds amazing. And yeah. Ryan, thank you so much for being on the show. Mark, it was a pleasure. Uh, I listened to a few episodes. You're doing an incredible job. And, and I really appreciate the opportunity to come on the show. I hope I added some value for your listeners. 100%. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. Sweet people, how did you like that? I enjoyed talking to Ryan. He had a great energy and with 20 plus years of experience, a lot of things to share about marketing and brand building. What will definitely stick with me is the idea of B2H marketing, business to human communication. And in the future, I think I want to further explore the cultural differences when it comes to creative work and storytelling. That's it for today. Next week, I'll be back talking to Alex Vilakis. She's a designer and podcast host, and we'll talk about creative training and careers and the future of creative education. Take care, and I'll hear you on the sweet side. This podcast is produced by Sweet Spot Studio. New episodes each week, wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you enjoyed the show, leave a rating and subscribe to never miss an episode. Find out more at sweetspot-studio.com.